I want to welcome all of our, our special guests. If you're new, this is your first time here. Thank you for coming to be with us. Today I have a very important message, and a uh, simple message, but I do hope that it will change your life. I also believe that some of us will be healed physically this morning, healed emotionally this morning because of this message, the importance of this message. Amen? Father, I want to thank you. Speak to us by your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. The message is titled, The Power of Forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. So important. We, as a human race, we needed forgiveness from God. You know, you may never know this, and I didn't know it until I met the Lord Jesus Christ. I was carrying so much weight upon my life, I didn't even know it. I had no clue. I had so much weight on my life. I lived normally as a young man, just doing my things, going crazy with the crowd and all of that. And I was fine. I didn't think anything was wrong. I didn't even know that there were demonic forces that were already in my life. I, I had no clue. I lived just like everybody else. Going to school, trying to make it, you know, formulate uh, my formula to get a good career in life and all of that. I was focused on the things. But I had a lot of weight on my life. I didn't even know it. I had no clue. But when I met the Lord Jesus Christ, and I finally made up my mind, I really don't want to go to hell. <laughs> that was the primary thing. I believed the message. And I didn't want, in Africa it's hot. And sometimes it's hard to go to sleep at night with mosquitoes, you know, doing it. I don't know how many times I slapped myself silly trying to go to sleep with mosquitoes going, <laughs> and I hit myself and all of that, and it's really hard to sweat trying to sleep. That's hard enough. But going to hell, that was tough. I didn't want to go there. And I told God, please, not that place. Because I know Jesus won't lie. But I never knew that I had weight on me. All I wanted was forgiveness so I can go to heaven. But right after I gave my life to Christ, many of you felt that. It was like a heavy load taken off my back. I felt so light. Amen. The joy of the Lord came into my heart. It was hard to keep it in. I bugged everybody I saw about this. I was trying to inject what God has injected on me into their lives. So I witnessed to anything that moved. Some of them didn't like me. My message was simple. Repent or perish. That was my only message. But there was such joy that came into my heart. Such freedom. I saw the life different. Everything was different. I pray that if you have never really given your life to Christ, try this. I mean, not just little simple prayer. I meant business. I wanted to serve God. I had, I had experienced the demonic. I, I saw it with my own eyes. And I didn't want any demon in my life. I 
I wanted Jesus. At the time, it was a process. But when it came to this point, I had experienced demonic forces. I knew there is a God. I knew hell existed. Because I had seen the manifestation right before my eyes. So I knew some, of, some scriptures then. So I knew if this feels right and a demon is speaking through somebody's mouth, just as it's written in the scripture, demons and devils exist. I sure don't want them around me. <laughs> Not just hell. So I was persuaded. God, I need forgiveness. <laughs> Help me with all these things that I've taken into my life and my craziness in life. I need you, God. Help me. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to live for you, but just take me in and help me. And some people in those days told me, good luck, not everybody. Not everybody else can be a Christian, not you. You're too wicked. They told me to my face. What they didn't know was the power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness from God. He transformed my life. I saw things different. No enemies. Just love for everybody. And wanting them to come to this knowledge that God had given to me. Freedom from the, the powers of darkness. That load was removed from my life. And oh, the joy. The Bible talks about the joy of the Lord. I mean, it just filled your heart. Even though in town many people thought... That, He's drinking something. He's gone crazy. And there was a word all over town. He's crazy. He's lost his mind. I knew I had the joy of God in my heart. God, I transformed my life. You need to have that weight taken away from your life. You need to tell God to come into your life. There is a weight. It's the weight of sin. It's really terrible. But what God came to give to you is more precious than you will ever know on this side of heaven. You know, in Isaiah chapter 61, the Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That was Jesus speaking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. And then if you go down to verse 2, he says to proclaim the year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. That's the Christians. Those who mourn in Zion. You are there. You are in church. But you don't really get, you don't really know God to console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. When God calls you, the reason he's calling you is to beautify your life. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When you are forgiven, that's what God wants. He wants to make you a showcase to the world. To let the world know what he, God, can do. God alone can do to give you beauty for ashes. You've been wandering, you've been wasting a lot of pain in your life, but when you come to Christ, He beautifies your life. He gives you the all of joy for money, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, no depression. That's forbidden. 
No spirit of heaviness. No depression. That's not part of your life. He says that they may be called trees of righteousness. Not shrubs of righteousness. Trees of righteousness. The planting of the, of the Lord. That God he wants to plant you in this world. That's what forgiveness brings to you. If you haven't experienced it. Forgiveness means God plants you. And if God plants you, who is going to uproot you? What devil would there? That's the power of forgiveness. The planting of the Lord, that He alone may be glorified. You know, in Isaiah chapter 60, He says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. When you become a believer, there is a light that God is placing in your life. Don't sit down. Don't tell me about this little light of mine. That's stupid. God doesn't give anyone any little light of mine. He calls you to be trees of righteousness. Trees of righteousness, not little shrubs. That's what God called you to be. It's the planting of the Lord. And He wants to get glory from your life. Amen? That's what God is about. If you want to know what God is about, He's about beautifying your life. But you can't get there until you obtain forgiveness. Arise and shine. For your light, that's the light of God. Your light has come. That's you today. Your light has come. God speaking to you. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of God is risen on you, upon you. And the Bible says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Deep darkness, the people. Meaning, there's going to be deep darkness on the people of the earth. If you don't know forgiveness, guess where you are still in? Deep darkness. You can't see. You are assuming there is no God. You got no light. You're right. You can't see. Your eyes are blind, according to the words of Jesus. You can argue, oh, there's no light. I don't feel God. Yeah, you can't feel Him. You are in the dark. You can't feel Him. He's not near. Until you cry out for forgiveness. Deep darkness will cover the earth and our people. But for you, the Lord will arise over you. And His glory shall be seen in you. And then it says, the Gentiles will come to your light. So you light, you have light. When God is forgiving, you got light in you. The Gentiles, those that are not saved, they'll come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. So when the word of God says, arise and shine, that's talking to the rest of us. When you rise, kings will come to the brightness of your rising. The children of God need to rise because God has put something precious in you. He's called forgiveness. He makes you different from the rest of the world. You know, the Bible says, in Psalm 30, 32 verse 1, 
It says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. You are a blessed person if God forgives you your sins. Everyone is sin. Everyone has come short. But when you receive forgiveness from God, you are blessed. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Your transgressions are forgiven. Your sin covered. If your sin is not covered yet, your sin has not been taken away from your life, you are in real trouble. You are not blessed. And if you are not blessed, guess the opposite of being blessed. You are cursed. How can you make it in life? Blessed is the man to whom God does not impute sin or iniquity and whose spirit, in whose spirit there is no guile or deceit. In other words, you have to be truthful with, to, with God if you need forgiveness. Don't play games. In whose spirit there is no deceit. Don't play games. No guile. Jesus told Nathaniel, he says, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile. He loves that. You go to him in truth. We all need forgiveness. I cried out to God for forgiveness. I needed it. Whenever I feel like I failed, I cry out to him. God, please forgive me. I need forgiveness. Because forgiveness is the only hope, the only hope I got. And but when God forgives you, something happens to you. There is a transformation. Light comes. And you are out of darkness. That's what the Bible says. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us, not just that, but also to cleanse us from all. How many unrighteousness? And when it's true, righteous. Amen. You become a tree of righteousness. They may not see you that way, but that's the way it sees you. They may argue about what happened to you. That's their business. But he says, you are a tree of righteousness. So righteousness is blessed blessing. The weight is taken. Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden. That's a load. You're carrying a load. Jesus said, come. You need forgiveness. So you can have light in your life. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. Jesus said, because I'm gentle. And I'm lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. You know, your soul, that's the seat of your emotions. How you feel about life. You understand what I'm saying? How you think. Everything that's happening to you in the natural. Your soul. Jesus said, if you come, I will, I will make sure you have rest. You will find rest for your soul. Peace for your soul. That's what he came to bring. You see, I believe the word of God with all of my heart. If you do that this morning, God will give you rest for your soul. And watch how things will begin to change in your life and in your family. Husband and wife, if they go that way. This is a beautiful thing. If you know what we're talking about. I thank God. I was telling somebody. I've been saved. I don't know how many years. Don't want to go into that. So you won't know how old I am. <laughs> but I, 
From the time I got saved, there's nothing out there for me. I don't want them. This is a better life. Some people get saved. Tomorrow they get unsaved. They come back again, get saved. And they go, they get unsaved. I don't want what they got. This place is good for me. I love it. I never, there's nothing out there for me. There is nothing good out there for me. No gain. I got everything I need with God. I, can, I have my free will. I can decide to do whatever I want. I have the free will. But I, I love His presence. When I've done crazy stuff, don't let your imaginations go wild now. <laughs> I run back to my master. Amen. Because of the peace I have from him. The joy I have from him. And these days, as I see how he's working in my family and my children, I see him closer. Who can bring, you know, I got a wonderful wife that God gave to me. Who can manufacture that by himself? <laughs> God did. Because of his blessings upon my life. Why should I go back? Today, my younger brother who persecuted me strongly when I was newly saved. Today, he's a deacon in a church. He said, good luck. I'm telling you, brother. I'm glad you stood your ground for God in those days. I'm not going to go into details, but they had me in chains. They took me to a village and put me in chains because they were lying in town. They said, because he's lost his mind. And they took me to a voodoo doctor to try so the voodoo doctor can get the madness of my head. But later, my brothers were saying, you are the only sane one in our home. The rest of us were crazy, no? <laughs> the beauty of forgiveness was that. We need that. And once you move away from it, you need to run back very quickly. Don't continue in that road. Don't stay without going back, even though it's a problem. Stay with it and stay with God. Stay close and always gain your ground for forgiveness and ask for help to do what is right. But just going that way, the enemy knows he'll kill you one day. He'll kill you. This is a great message because Jesus, the great message is he loves us so much. He died so that we can have forgiveness. That's why Jesus went to the cross. That's how powerful receiving forgiveness is. He had to die so we can have forgiveness. How could you refuse forgiveness from God? Why? You got to be nuts to refuse forgiveness. You got to be crazy not to ask God to forgive you. When Jesus, the Son of God, I know He's the Son of God. I have no doubt Jesus is God. That's God coming down in human form. And because he was found in human form, he was called the Son of God. That's the same God. If God will go to the cross so that you can find forgiveness and you think you don't need it, you've got to be really stupid. Something is really wrong with you. Uh-huh. Something is really wrong. We need forgiveness from God. Every one of us. We need that from God. Then, after you have received forgiveness from God for the believer, 
major problem. What you receive, <laughs> you must give away. What you receive, you must give away. If you don't give it away, it will be taken away from you. You remember the man with the talent? One talent? He buried it. What happened to his talent? It was taken away from him. When you have been forgiven, you are also required to what? Give away forgiveness. The major problem in church today, a lot of people are holding serious unforgiveness in their heart. They won't let go. They won't let go of unforgiveness. You just have to watch them talk about the situation. I see the anger rising up in them as they talk. They haven't forgiven. Unforgiveness is a serious issue. If you refuse to forgive those that have hurt you, I don't care who they are, don't tell me, well, <laughs> Pastor, you don't understand. I have been there also. I understand. Forgiveness, giving forgiveness is a choice. You decide you want to forgive, no matter what they've done to you. Because God will forgive you, no matter what you've done. He'll forgive you. Forgetting, that's another issue. We as humans never forget. You say, I've forgotten your liars. You, nobody forgets. But you can forgive. If you refuse to forgive those that have hurt you, before long, you will go into what the Bible refers to as bitterness. You'll become bitter. And when you become bitter, you live at that point in the belly of bitterness. And everything, everything you taste from, that on, from then on will be bitter. Bitterness is a serious problem in the church. If you live in the belly of bitterness, then you attract everything that's evil is coming to you. Because at that point, God is no longer your refuge. Your bitterness is your refuge. Everything goes back to your bitterness. Everything you say goes back to that. As soon as you start talking, before long, you make conversation, before long, you're right in there. You seem to get comfort from that. For what they did to you, let me tell you what they did. And you want to talk about it. So you live in the belly of bitterness and God is no longer your refuge. Your bitterness is now your refuge. A bitter Christian is a powerless Christian. If you're bitter about anything, you may not even be aware that this is going on. Because he's been there for too long. He's buried in there. But he sees it. He searches all things. He knows. 
And once he sees bitterness in their buried, he cannot do business with this family. Jesus said, he told us the story of a man who was forgiven much. Remember the story? And then he went out and he was, you know, he had a lot of debt. debt, And he was forgiven the debt. So much money. But then he went and he got a hold of the guy who had just a few pennies. And he said, pay today. And the guy didn't, couldn't pay. He put him in prison. And the, the, the servant said, hey, master, you know the guy you forgave to us? He said, yeah, what's happening? He said, he did this. He said, oh, go get him. We'll put him back in prison. He won't leave that place until he pays every penny. So, he came to give us beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. But when you retain bitterness, guess what? Your beauty is turned into ashes. You can't be happy. No wonder you're depressed most of the time. Because you're bitter. And God is no longer there. He may have been here. This may be the thing that's holding you back all your life. This one thing. Until you let go and say, God, I forgive. I know this is not a popular message. I don't know, but God dropped this in my heart. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to speak this. I don't know who it is for, but I'm going to speak it. But if you're here this morning, I want you to know that God is speaking to you directly. Whatever that is, you need to let go and ask God to help you to forgive so that you can be free and enjoy the blessings of God. This is prophetic this morning. Your garment of praise, you don't have it anymore. All you have is heaviness. Heaviness. Everything is turned around. You have no power with God. You are really bitter before God. In Ephesians, you know, God knows what he's saying. And in his word, he makes it very clear. Sometimes a husband or told you, maybe you're divorced. And the man is gone. But you're still hurt by this time. And you won't let go. You keep talking about it. No wonder your second marriage is in trouble. Because you haven't let go of the first. You're still bitter. And when you're bitter, you attract everything evil. You attract Nobody wants to be around you. Even your own children don't want to be around you. You then grow rebellious children. Crazy. Nobody wants to be around because you're bitter. And everything that comes out of your mouth is bitter. Because bitterness is in your heart. When you are bitter, you don't see clearly. You're blind. You make decisions that are not normal. And people can see it, but for you it's okay. But they can say, why is he making, or why is she making this strange decision? Because you're blind. Blind by bitterness. Poisoned, according to the word of Peter. And I'm going to come to that scripture. You have been poisoned by bitterness. And if you are poisoned, you're going to die one day. No wonder nothing is working out for you. No wonder your children are so rebellious. And they won't listen. Because... They see bitter. You need to search your heart to see what's going on there. You know, the Bible lets us know 
that this is so important. God wants us out of it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Clamor means outcry. When you're bitter, you want to speak. <laughs> Just like a man who is excited about God, they want to speak. When you got bitterness, you want to say something. And you're wanting to speak to people about what's going on in your life and the bitterness that you have. But let me let you know, if you listen to a bitter person, you get defiled. I didn't say that. God said that. In other words, you drink of the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Everything bitter, you got to let go. Anger comes with bitterness. Desire for revenge comes with bitterness because you're refusing to forgive those that have offended you. Maybe it's your parents, whatever, whoever that is, your brother or your sister. Jesus said to forgive. Because you receive forgiveness. Forgive them. Let them go. They're not worth it. <laughs> Amen. If they're that bad, let them go. Why let them control your life and destroy your life? You're destroying yourself for them. And they hurt you. The best way to rise above that, according to the, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus, is to forgive them. Let them go. And then you are on top. And God gives you beauty for it. Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible tells us this. You can fall short of the grace of God when there's bitterness in you. And we're nothing without the grace of God. Paul said, I am what I am. By what? Because of the grace of God. If you think Paul is great, he says it's the grace of God. But Hebrews chapter 12 makes it clear to us, verse 15. It says, looking carefully. How do we look? Carefully. Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. You can fall short of the grace of God. And find yourself doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Speaking in the way you shouldn't speak. Acting in the way you shouldn't act. Deceiving and hurting people. He says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. So bitterness can cause trouble. And by this, by this trouble, many become defiled. You drink of their poison. Because they want to speak. They're trying to get people on their side. And you listen to them. And, and, and the worst thing you can do to yourself as a Christian is taking somebody else's offense. They didn't offend you. Don't take it. You can listen to them and pray for them, but don't be offended at the one that offended them. When God touches your, the one that's offended, they can go to that person and ask for forgiveness, but they have no, right, no reason to go to you. They can be forgiven and you still carrying your bitterness. You're going to pay the price for it. You don't take bitterness or offense that doesn't belong to you. Don't do it. Don't do it. So important. 
So you can be defiled by listening to one who is bitter. Let me show you some of the things that bitterness will do to you. First, it will give you the victim mentality. The victim mentality is the one that's always blaming everybody else but them. They don't want to take responsibility for anything. If they want everything that's happening to them is because of this husband that left them 15, 20 years ago. They have no money because this husband left me 15, 20 years. My children are going crazy because the husband is, you keep blaming somebody else. You got no, nothing to blame yourself for. You will not take responsibility for what's been happening since 15 years ago when you left that man. You know why you're tied to it? Because you haven't forgiven. And it's, it's ruining your life. It's ruining you. They also develop a critical spirit. <laughs> Always criticizing and you generalize it. They have that critical spirit. Nothing is right before their eyes. Everything is bad. This is bad. That's bad. Nobody is good. The Bible say, says in, in, in Romans 3 verse 14, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. <laughs> so your mouth, the bitterness comes out of your mouth. So you're always criticizing people, cutting people down. You're just an unhappy person. And everyone who comes around you will become a, unhappy eventually. They stay around long enough. So the best thing, once I see these guys, <laughs> ooh, that's a hurricane. I'm going the other way. <laughs> I'm not going to be taking them. There's that strong desire to, 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 to revenge, for revenge. They want to revenge. Spiritually, they adore. I already talked about that. Let me give you a, a scripture just to let you know about that. This is so important. <coughs> uh, in Acts chapter 8, Philip went into the city and preached the gospel. And the people got saved. And, but there was a sorcerer there. The sorcerer was there. <clears throat> and uh, he didn't like what was going on because he had bewitched the people over the years and made a lot of money. Now they found out there's something more powerful than what he's got. And he himself gave himself to Christ, but not fully. It was just there. And so when Peter came to pray for, and you, you know, bitterness can really disguise itself. And sometimes they speak like they, they really mean well, but there is something hidden there. And only the Spirit of God can leave because there's something really wrong. It can really destroy a man. And Peter came and prayed with the people, with John, and they received the Holy Spirit. And then he offered them money. No understanding. How can you offer money to have the Holy Spirit? He was converted. None of the others did that. But he's filled with bitterness. He has no clue. No understanding. He offered money to Peter. Give me this power so I can lay my hands on these people. And this is what Peter said to him. He said in verse 22, Repent, therefore, speaking to the man. Peter says, You're thinking you can buy God's gift with money? Something is wrong. He says, Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps, the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, perhaps. And he says, for I see, I perceive, that you are poisoned by what? Bitterness. That's your problem. You are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. But he had already given his life to Christ at this point. But still poisoned. 
by bitterness. And so he spiritually dull. You have been in church, but you can't do anything. Don't understand constantly. Sometimes in, sometimes out. Just acting really silly. Why? This could be the reason. Let it go. And your spiritual eyes will be enlightened. And your light will come upon you. Amen? And then God will begin to speak to you as a son or a daughter. And begin to grow you up in the things that he wants you to do in life. You might miss him completely if you have this in you. What happens if you become a slave to the ones that you, that you hate? You know, when I was in uh, University of Georgia, I had a roommate that did me so much wrong. I can't go into the details of it. Uh, the final thing that he did, I gave him my car. And I told him, that car, the radiator is leaking. Make sure you got water. I have a can of water in my, my car, please. If it's getting hot, stop. On Monday, I'll get it fixed. And, oh, yeah, good luck. Oh, yeah, no big deal. That was the last day for the car. He just destroyed my car. And then when I talked to him, he was mad. He, he's, in his mind, you have no right to be angry. You are my Christian brother. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I didn't think so. So I was angry with him. And uh, we had a roommate, and he was, he was the kind that constantly thought, talked. And I thought he was talking to my roommate about how bad I was. He told me to my face, I thought you were a good man. But now I know you are not a real Christian like I thought. <laughs> I mean, he was talking to me. <laughs> and I said, this guy, something is wrong. And I was praying to God and really walking. I wouldn't talk to my roommate, uh, the other one. There were three in this place. I wouldn't talk to him. And I figured they talked a lot. Maybe they thought I was crazy. I didn't care. But I, I was living my life for God. But I still had this bitterness. One day I was in the area. I was doing my research, you know, feeding the, uh, the treatment to the animals for research. And I, he was in my mind. I carried that guy everywhere I went. He was with me constantly. He was the last person I thought about before I went to sleep. He was there about everything that he was doing to me. And when I opened my eyes, guess who I was thinking about? Him for everything he was doing. And then I was in this area doing my research, walking around, and, and God in his mercy spoke to me. He said, uh, he said uh, now, and he mentioned the name of the guy, he's your, ma- he's your Lord and Master. And I reacted from inside, anybody but him, you know. Anybody but him. No, God, he cannot be my Lord and Master. And God gently said, well, you carry him everywhere you go. Who do you think about? That's how I got this thing. Who is is in your thought before you close your eyes to sleep? I said, him, Lord. And when you wake up, who is the first person you think about? Not me, God said, but him. I said, yes, everywhere I go. Even in my classroom as I'm listening to my professor, I was still thinking about what he did to me. So I said, Lord, I renounce this crazy Lord and Master that I have, and I'm coming back to you, okay? And I said, God, what should I do? And help me. I want to forgive him. What do you want me to do? And he said, buy him some tennis shoes. I said, him, tennis shoes for everything he's been doing for me? He said, but you've been hearing him talking about tennis shoes. Give him tennis shoes. I, was, I didn't have a lot of money. Then I was a foreign student, couldn't work, just little money. Uh, God, this doesn't sound right. What if he thinks I'm planning again to hurt him? 
So I went and got in my tennis shoes, and I was really worried because he could just misunderstand it, and he would come on me so hard. And I gave him the tennis shoes. He said, you bought me tennis shoes? I said, yeah. Question goes, why? <laughs> and I said, I heard you speaking about wanting tennis shoes. And I got this money, and I saw I was in the store. I didn't tell him the whole truth that the Lord was telling okay? I was in the store, and I saw this nice tennis. I got him a good one. And he took it, and he went to my, the other roommate who's been observing us, you know, fighting and all of that constantly. He went to that man. He said, Doug. Doug was from Canada. He said, good luck bought me these tennis shoes. Doug said, hmm, I wonder why he did that. <laughs> and he said, yes, Doug, he bought me tennis shoes. And Doug's reply again was, I wonder why he did that. And I said, you see, Lord, see, there I go. They're going to be talking about it, and, you know. And um, finally, Doug was very insistent. He wanted to know why. I was in the other room with the door shut. I could hear them. I wonder why he did that. And the guy replied, I guess he loves me. I heard it. Amen. We became such good friends. You won't believe. We became such good friends. He was in, he was in a pharmacy school. When he graduated, I was still in college. He knew I couldn't work. After he got his job, he will get his salary. He'll send me money to take care of his brother. We became so close, so close. When he, one day he was telling the story to some people in our church, they said, we never thought you guys were like that because they didn't see that part. All they saw was the ladder torn when the light of God had risen upon my life. And I was enjoying life. It's so beautiful to forgive. I enjoyed that man. We were like so close. He trusted me. Because he knew I'd forgive him. He'll tell me things he wouldn't even tell his mother. That's how, what this can do for us. That's why Gentiles will come to your, to your light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. When you refuse to forgive, you live in the dark. And God doesn't walk in the dark. You have to let go. You have to forgive. Don't be a slave of those that wronged you. I'm going to close with this. The worst type of unforgiveness you can have is that that is against God. I know none of you have that. Or servants of God. And you feel justified because they've done something to offend you. That's the worst type. Because even the servant of God may not even know they've offended you. But you carry the bitterness against them. For doing whatever God, they thought they were doing for God. Why don't you just leave them to do what God called them to do? If you say, if you have that against a man of God, he's got to deal with a lot of people. He, does, he may not even know. You're just killing yourself for something that he might repent of later when God opens his eyes. You get what I'm saying? He, the servant of God continues to grow. He may be doing things that may hurt you today. He's not even aware of. 
That's his understanding. In the future, his eyes may be open and he'll repent. But you're still holding the unforgiveness. Now it's affecting your family. It's affecting your husband. It's affecting your children. It's not worth it. Think about what you're doing to yourself. Just let go. Let people be. Stay with your God. Forgive them. And pray that God will restore them. I'm happier when God restores them. Because you see beauty, just like my friend. I saw beauty and it grew in the faith. That's what life is all about. It's about love. Loving one another. We need to, we need to understand that. God doesn't do anybody wrong. If your child dies, it's not God. There may be something generational running in your family. Somebody started it. You, nobody knew to repent. You didn't seek God enough for him to open your eyes. Don't blame it on him. God doesn't tempt anyone with evil. He's not the one responsible. So don't have this. I've had people say, well, I wonder why God allowed that to happen to me. They don't tell you that they are angry. <laughs> you know, they just say, I, I wonder why he let that be. But inside, they're angry. And guess who they're angry at? Him. Well, don't talk to people. Talk to him about it. He'll let you know what's going on. By the time he's through, you'll be sorry for saying anything to him. Oh, yes. You will know that he has nothing to do with it. Don't have unforgiveness against God for any reason. If you don't understand, ask him. He says, if any man needs wisdom, let him ask God. God will give you wisdom. He'll let you know what's going on. So I don't ever put anything against God. And certainly, don't bother with God's service. You've been, many of you have been in this church for a long time. You don't hear me talk about other ministers. I don't go there. I don't know what God's called them to do. Amen? I got to stay truthful to what God's called me to do. I, I, I hear the stories just like you hear, but I don't, that's, not part, that's not me. Let me be faithful to what he's called me. And you'll be faithful to what God's called you. Amen? Stand up with me today. I'm going to call uh, altar workers to please come up here. And even if you are an altar worker and there's something, because something, unforgiveness can really hinder you from your destiny. You need to be truthful to God and say, God, I'm willing to forgive. If that's you today, I need you to come up here. If you need forgiveness from God, or maybe you're having something against the Lord and you need forgiveness, you need to come up, let them pray with you today.